Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Put a smile upon your face as if there's nothing wrong. Think about a good time had a long time ago. Think about forgetting about your worries and your woes. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Well, if the forecast holds right, it's going to be at best a partly cloudy day today. It's going to be warm into the mid-50s. Uh, if we could find some sunshine outside, Bob, if you would mind when we get to get time, could you just go out and see if you could find some sunshine, bottle it, and bring it in here because we need some warmth in here. Uh, and he's not kidding. It's uh, it's cold in here. It feels like someone have opened up the windows and all the doors, Howard. <laughs> now, the temperature is moving up. It was We started out at uh, 26 at the airport. We're now 35, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 33 at the Highlands, 30 in Elm Grove, and 32 degrees in the outside here at the uh, Watchdog Radio Network studios. I'm not sure, but it might not be about 32 in here. I was too. thinking like 36, 38, yeah, something yeah, like 41, that. 41, something like that. Yeah, it's... it's uh, a little nip. It started off nice and warm in here this morning. But, they, uh, they have it backwards, yeah. <laughs> I guess they, they might have the heat going all through the night when no one's here. When we get here, they cut the heat. Isn't that some kind of a technique they use, like in in the, the police use in interrogation rooms, you know, turn the heat off, get everybody all free? I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. It's kind of like training where we're going to start working outside, Howard. I mean, we're getting used to it, but it's it's just too cold in here. It's just too cold. It's uh, anyway. It's but it's but the good news is it's warming up outside. We're going to see increasing clouds. A high today around fifty six. A slight chance of showers tomorrow, fifty seven. Then close to seventy for and sunny seventy and sun, seventy and sunny for Sunday. Whew. Try that again. Seventy and sunny. For Sunday. There you go. I got it. Monday's going to be pretty much the same as well. It's 9, 10 in the morning. Uh, John McCabe will be calling in here in just a couple of minutes uh, to join us with our Friday roundtable, talk about some of the Ohio Valley headlines of the week. Uh, and if you have something on your mind that you think we should be talking about, text in at 304-214-1600 or 304-232-8255 is the uh, phone line. The Frio Stack, auction service phone line. Bob, I mentioned this story earlier in the week, and I think you said you had seen it and didn't understand it, and I'm not sure I do, too. Pittsburgh Steelers ranked one of the worst franchises by the NFL Players Association. Uh, I don't fully understand that. They released their 2024 report card for this year, and the Pittsburgh Steelers rank as one of the worst teams. Out of 32 uh, NFL teams, the Steelers ranked 28th overall after players evaluated their current workplaces based on their club experience. So but I didn't I didn't fully understand this. Did you get a chance to look into this story anymore about what why the NFL Player Association puts them all the way down at the bottom of the uh, worst teams? And, you know, I didn't go over the whole list, but it, it's it kind of hit me like this was stuff like daycare uh uh, better uh, lifting, uh, workout facilities, and stuff like that. I think this is things that the, your average fan would say, uh, really? You're going to squawk about that? I mean, you're multimillionaires, maybe not all the players, but the majority are, and you're squawking about you want to bring your kids why? You know, because you don't want to pay a sitter or something? I yeah, thought it was all about nothing, Howard. They're one of four teams that do not provide their, the Steelers, one of four teams that don't provide their players' families with uh, either a family room or a daycare on game day. They're one of seven teams whose players feel their weight room 
is no better than any off-site training, that, that they're not putting money into their weight room. I, I, don't, I, I can't reference that, but that to me would be a legitimate concern if you feel like they're not putting money into your, into your facility. Um, and there's always been a knock that the Roonies, not as much – well, I better watch what I say. I'm not going to compare them to any other owners in Pittsburgh. I'm not going to do that. But but there's there's been some talk that they can be thrifty sometimes. Like uh, they don't have as many coaches as a lot of the NFL teams, Howard. They don't they, – they just – there are some areas where they, they go out of their way to save money. And, the, again, in this particular poll, which I guess must have been – I think you're right. Really, this is more of quality of life. This had nothing to do with actual playing on the field or recruitment of players, but kind of the quality of life for the players. Um, and the more the, you the, read, the, I think I misspoke, Howard. You know, I think it might be important. Think about that. You know, the game, you don't want your kids in the crowd, maybe bad weather. So I, I – after I thought about that for a second, I, I think that probably would be important. And, and just what you were talking about, the, the players feel like they, that there's not enough staffing in the training room and weight rooms and so on, that they don't have the adequate training there. So I don't know. Um, the, the Steelers, now, I suspect you won't agree with this one. The Steelers did receive an A. They're graded at A, B, C, D, and F. Let's see. They, uh, they had three Fs and one F minus in treatment of families. They did get one A. You know what that was for? What's that for? Head coach. Ah, they love Mike Tomlin. Apparently so. Um, and they ranked fifth overall in the category for head coach of all the teams. So, Tomlin's been a good coach. Not yet some some concerns this well, year. Well, we haven't won a playoff game in a while, Howard, so it all, I guess it all depends who, who you ask. The only teams ranked worse than the Steelers are the New England Patriots, Los Angeles Chargers, Kansas City Chiefs, and the Washington Redskins. Number one ranked team in the NFL. Again, these are really on quality, what I would call quality of life things. I'm looking at the whole list here. It's, it's like the, the, the locker room, The uh, do they have a dietitian, the cafeteria, that kind of stuff. Uh, the only team that the number one ranked team was the Dolphins. Hmm. So there you go. The uh, This is the National, the NFL Players Association, the labor union representing the, uh, the players. Uh, Mr. McCabe's coming up with us. That's coming up next here on the Watchdog Morning Show. The Friday Roundtable is not far away. Need a new suit? Looking for a good book? Searching for a unique gift? The Ohio Valley's premier shopping choice is the Highlands. Find jewelry, hot new tech, arts and crafts, over two dozen stores to visit. From Walmart and Target to Cabela's, Menards, Kohl's, and Old Navy. Plan a day out of shopping, dining, and entertainment at the Highlands. At the top of the hill off I-70. See it all online at hitthehighlands.com. Are you or your loved ones facing a serious legal battle? The Law Office of Paul Harris wants you to know you aren't alone. Do you need someone that's not afraid to go to trial and fight for your rights? Attorney Paul Harris and his team are willing to go where most firms are not. The courtroom. With a successful track record in civil litigation, criminal defense, including tax issues and health care fraud, Harris Law Office will fight for their clients by offering the most aggressive representation in and out of court. Call Paul Harris at Harris Law Office for a free consultation. 304-232-5300. We are back. Check out your favorite talk radio station on our new Facebook page at Watchdog WV. Click our like button to follow what's happening on The Watchdog, FM 98.1 and 97.7, AM 1600 and 1370. Conversations you care about with people you know. This is The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on WKKX and WVLY. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. 
running music theme song this morning on the Watch Talk Morning Show and on to the fact that I've been, um, please use air quotes on this, running with my grandson, Teddy. He scooters up and down the street uh, now that the weather is better and uh, and granddad runs with him. He, granddad, let's have a race and so we race. Granddad, I will give you a 15-second head start. Then he lollygags around and I'm this close to the finish line and psh, he just comes right in there. But I, hey, at least I'm on my feet and pumping my arms, which is more than <laughs> more than I yeah, do. Pump your legs out. Oh yeah, well that too. But uh, I, I sort of I even even quote running, I kind of stagger along a little bit, you know, when I do that. Anyways, the, so the uh, running music today is in, in honor of the fact that we've talked about my running a good bit of this week. John McCabe is here with us, newspaper editor, uh, to talk about the uh, news of the week in the week gone by. John, uh, first of all, good morning. Thanks for coming here. Hey, Howard, real quick, I uh, wanted to there's somebody here that, that, there's somebody here you need to listen to. Let's okay. see if you can hear this. Okay. Chariots of Fire. Chariots of Fire. There you go. <laughs> I got it. I got it. New theme music. Bobby should play that every hour. <laughs> I'll have Teddy pipe that through his uh, speakers into the into the front yard as we go up and down the street. It'll look like Howard is in slow motion, but he's yeah. really uh, dun, 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 good time. Dun, dun. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. John, I was thinking about, and we have we have a list of things to talk about, a number of things, sure. bridges and, and so on. It struck me that the activity coming out of City Hall is really slowing down, and I have to assume that's because you know, half the council was engaged in re-election efforts and uh, everybody is wondering what's coming next. Uh, there's still a lot of unfinished work to be done. But it, it just seems to me like the last couple of weeks in particular, things have kind of slowed down from uh, from City Hall. Yeah, you know, and I think uh, as you look back over the last, you know, over 20 years, every time there's a, you know, when you get to this election cycle, it's just the general kind of uh, – uh, you know, method that, that takes place, I'm trying to think of the right word there, where, you know, I mean, you know, here we have, you know, all members of council running for something. You know, I think, what, uh, four are running for re-election. You know, one is running for the U.S. Senate and the mayor, and two are running for mayor. Right. So the last thing they're going to do is, you know, have a foolish misstep on council on a controversial issue. So I'm going to assume, just like happened uh you know, when uh, Andy McKenzie was in between terms and when even when uh, when Mayor Elliott was in between terms, um, you won't see much. You know, right now it's just kind of going to be, you know, steady as she goes for the next few months um, as they head toward, you know, the May primary or for, in this case, the May municipal election as well. There are a few things that's, that the current council is going to need to somehow either wrap up or pass the baton on. The, we have not talked about it for weeks, and they haven't either, as far as I know. The homeless issue is still sitting out there. They need to deal with that at some point. I don't know that that can just drag on forever. There's some other things I think that the council is going to have to kind of uh, button up. I know when we talked to Mayor-slash-Senate candidate Elliott last week, um, he said there are a couple of development projects that they would like to see come to fruition. I think he, they're not ones that we currently know about, but some others that are in the works before they leave. But... This is truly, uh, as you point out, if ever there was a lame duck session, this is it. Everybody is running for something. Yeah, and that's, you know, I mean, it's, it's just the nature of how politics works. Uh, you know, things will pick up again, you know, as, uh, you know, we head into, 
you know, what we know at least will be a new mayor come uh, come July one. Um, but you know, uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be an interesting number of months. Um, and there's still things that you know, as you know, there's still a number of things out there. You know, and quite frankly, things such as the Kruger Street Bridge don't do uh, you know a, a candidate like Dave Palmer, current council member, any good to try to put that fire out because whether it's Dave Palmer's fault or not, and we know that it's not, he's the one who takes the brunt of. You know, questions and concerns from the residents there because he is their councilman. For better or ill, most people, no matter what the problem is, if it happens inside the boundaries of the city of Wheeling, it's always said, why can't the city fix this? Why isn't the city doing a better job? Truth of the matter is, the... the arch bridge that work that's I think is going to create such controversy and traffic troubles. The Kruger Street Bridge uh, debacle in terms of timing; those are completely out of the city hands. They have nothing to do with it. In fact, the city complains. Nobody's told us what's going on. They don't even know what's going on. So, but but you're right. It doesn't make any difference what the reality is. People hold the city accountable, and in Elm Grove because that's where it is, they'll hold. Um, uh, they'll hold Dave Palmer particularly accountable. He does have opposition this time too. I didn't realize that he he does have a. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I think Nick McCourt, I think is the name. I believe um, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, don't don't know Mr. McCourt, um, but you know it's you know any anytime you have opposition, you know you have to uh, you know these things become very important. Um, you know, public sentiment on on anyone can quickly uh, you know turn the other way. You know, particularly if between, you know, March and May, which is the time people are making up their mind who they're going to vote for, um, you know, if during that time period traffic through Elm Grove is at a snarl, you know, I mean, it's just that that would be that would be really bad for for Dave Palmer in a lot of ways. We had talked a lot this week about the Arch Bridge, the Stone Bridge, the Hump Bridge, whatever name was mm-hmm. supposed to be used. I don't know what's I don't know what the official name of it is. But anyways, it, uh, uh, the work is finally going to get started on that after a couple of years of talk about it. Um, and originally, I know that the you guys quoted the Department of Highways as saying sometime in March, and and that prompted a lot of concern. And we got talking about all the traffic troubles it's going to cause. The fact that I haven't heard a single thing about any kind of traffic control when that occurs, and there is going to be a need for it, whether it's you know changing lights or putting up new stop signs or detour signs or or traffic control, I don't know what it needs to be, but no talk at all about that. And then on the heels of that came uh, the the note yesterday that the Kruger Street Bridge, the bridge between Kruger Street and Mill Acres, which would at least have been one of the sort of ways to alleviate a little bit of traffic, kind of an alternate route, if you will, uh, is going to close down for two months. And and that timing was just a mess. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I know you mentioned as well, I mean, you've got – you know, you've got a school there in Elm Grove Elementary. You've got, um, um, you know, Cardinal, Cardinal Health. Health. Yep. Again, you go a little further out on the Big Wheeling Creek Road, uh, which is that is the main thoroughfare, you know, and, as opposed to going all the way out into Marshall County and circling back. You know, you've got uh, uh, a uh, one of the former Murray Mines, American Consolidated Natural Resources, has the mine out there, mine portal. Um, you've got, you know, massive uh, natural gas operations out there that are bringing, you know, big trucks coming out of, you know, that little Bethlehem Depot station and other locations. Um, you know, I, I, I'm surely glad that they're at least thinking about, you know, uh, maybe delaying the start of the Stone Bridge project uh, while this one is done. But, you know, as we all know, I mean, if the contractor 
you know, if the contractor is already booked and has his crews ready to come in and they ask him to delay for two months, that's that's maybe not the easiest thing to do. And, um, and one of the things I heard from, again, what I'm hearing is that the, the Department of Highways has now begun to recognize, all right, maybe the timing isn't best with the Kruger Street Bridge, so maybe they can delay that Stone Arch Bridge. But I heard yep. from a number of different people, uh, including some from downstate, who said while they may want to try and do that, federal money is very specific about timetables, and they need to be able to use it in a certain period of time, et cetera, et cetera. And so hopefully yep. they can delay that stone bridge until at least um, – Crew Street's done, which would be basically mid to end of May. Uh, at least that would stop the the double whammy of those two bridges being done. But we're not sure. Yeah, there's no guarantee that's going to happen. I mean, it it sounds good, but again, if the contractor says no, look, if this is the only time you know I've got to start now, or I miss windows to have it done by the end of the year, or whatever, you know, I mean, you know, it, it's it's kind of a tough situation, but. Um, you know, it really does. I mean, I know we, you've talked a lot about it, and I actually drove down through there today. And, uh, you know, there's just so many things to think about, of, you know, with that, uh, you know, the intersection of death there, the five points. <laughs> <That's> just, <laughs> you know, Ida Bell, East Cove, um, you know, Bethlehem Boulevard, and Junior Avenue intersection. That's just such a bad spot. Um you know, and so, uh, you know, the way I look at it and what, you know, um, like the editorial for this weekend on it, but, you know, if by some chance it does, that they're both closed at the same time, you know, there needs to be serious consideration given by the city and the state of how do we provide some traffic right. control there. There has to be, um, you know, and even if it's just at certain times of the day, I like, you know, if you, li- you live there, I don't, but, you know, I'm, I'm sure that. You know, if this happens at the same time and you're trying to come to work at 730 in the morning and you want to go, you know, and you're uh, right. you know, trying to merge out or, you know, cut across three lanes or if you're on Idabel, even that, that to me would be the more the most difficult spot to be because you've got to worry about the traffic coming down the hill and also from East Cove. Um, you know, you could sit there for quite a while. And so people are going to have to adjust pretty quickly. Um, it's just, you know, that, that's a bad intersection on the best of days. But, yeah. you know, throwing traffic there is not not the right answer you know it, I, I i don't i'm not a traffic engineer and i wouldn't pretend to be one and, and sometimes i come up with ideas and i am told by people who know oh no that won't work i get it you know what frankly i think i would close off that the junior avenue intersection with, with rudy i think i would just block it off and say you can't go down that road or up that road because that's where that's the single most dangerous thing is people yeah. trying to uh, get out of the Junior Avenue area onto Route 88 or go across the street to get onto Junior Avenue, I think I would just shut it down. Now, maybe there's a reason you can't, but that would be my my suggestion, just one of them. Um, I think they're going to need to think about um, the the, uh, the traffic light at the Junior Avenue bridge with the amount of construction that's going to be going on to the right of the bridge. There won't be as much traffic that way. You yeah. Know, do you? Uh, I, again, I'm just talking out loud. How about a simple sign there on Key Avenue that – does not permit you to make that left-hand turn that John was talking about, that you're going to be sitting there, sitting there, sitting there. Just go down to Bridge Street, turn in the parking that's, lot, that's, and, and, yeah. just, and just go that way. Yeah, it's going to take you maybe yeah. less than one minute to do that. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. And a key to this is, A, traffic control, but that also includes, and I remember talking about this before the I-70 projects got going, well-marked signage about, you know, 
detour starts here or this road will take you here. If you put some really well-marked signage, that will, that will make a big difference. Um, yeah. yeah. And you said something earlier, John, that I wanted to address because I got a text from uh, somebody personally yesterday. I said, uh-huh. Howard, I'm just driving. I'm driving through Elm Grove. Well, I, like, I think it was 1.30 in the afternoon. I'm driving through Elm Grove right now. There's no traffic here. But that's true. That's true. I, I will absolutely acknowledge you that there are times a day when it's it's not going to be a problem. But I speak from experience uh, in in drive times. Uh, and afternoon drive is around 2.30 until 5. Uh, I, right. the, the traffic already backs up badly, and, and it will just get 10 times worse. But you're certainly right. It's You're going to be driving through the Grove at some point and going, I don't know what they're complaining about. There's no problem here at all. It, 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 it will make a difference uh, based on time of day. Sure, yeah, for certain. And, you know, again, whenever, you know, whenever there's a shift change at Cardinal, uh, you know, when school's letting out, you know, so, you know, I mean, there's times that we all kind of deal with now. I mean, you're exactly right, you know, 2.30 to 5 uh, or 5.30. And, you know, first thing in the morning, you know, maybe say 6 to 8.30. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, and, hey, I hope uh, that this, you know, I hope we're all unfounded in our concerns about the potential for real danger and and issues there. I hope that we're all just, you know, the uh, nattering nabobs who who uh you know want to want to get everybody worked up but you know that you know when you start to factor in that you have a fire department station right there <laughs> yes, exactly you know, i think it was yesterday maybe bob mentioned you know someone mentioned you know what happens when there's a fire you know that that they've got to you know i mean again there you know fire happens at four o'clock in the afternoon and traffic is is kind of gridlocked there and it has been you know, i've seen that already happens. so yeah that that can yeah. happen um, well, hopefully they can delay the start of the Stone Arch until the Kruger Street Bridge gets done. That at least will 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 buy some time, and hopefully in that period of time they'll they'll come up with a a traffic plan. And here's the thing, which is the one more thing I want to get to before we go to the news break. It, this is this goes back to the the issue of the lack of communication from the Department of Highways with the city and with the public. We had this problem with the streetscape. They've gotten a little bit better, not a lot, but a little bit better with the streetscape. But the, the, the Department of Highways and their contractors go about their business without any apparent effort to inform the city or inform the public. If the public was better informed, if we had more knowledge of this stuff, just like they said, well, we're going to start working on the bridge sometime in March. Well, give us a date. Give us some plans. But the communication issue is a, is a real problem, and I don't think it's getting any better. No, I would agree. And that's been, you know, you go back 15 years or so now, you know, the communication from the DOH was so much better. You know, whenever the Wheeling Tunnel happened, uh, that project took place, you know, for good or bad, they would talk about what was going on. They were very open. Right. Uh, and, you know, now granted, the different administration, different mindset within that administration. You know, the current administration is all about controlling the message. Um, you know, and not, you know, nobody's out of turn. And that has, you know, what that leads to is, is information does not flow at all to the public uh, in any kind of a timely fashion. And on the flip side of that, you know, and that, and that even means to the city. So, you know, it, it, look how long it's taken. It's now over a year since the street, the streetscape project started and information still doesn't flow like it should for that. 
You know, I, I've heard, and I, this I think is, is pretty much confirmed, Jimmy Riston holds a tight rein on his individual district supervisors. Uh, he wants all information, to, and the Justice Administration in general does, but, but Riston wants all information to come out of Charleston flowing through his office and his PR team or whatever you want to call it, uh, which makes it difficult for the district supervisors, like Charlie Reynolds here in District 6, to, to be able to go to the public and, and say things. I know that because I've been told that not by Charlie, but by previous folks in, in that position. Howard, I really right. can't say anything. I'm told not to say anything until. So that, that, I think, is a given. What I don't know is true or not, but I heard yesterday in talking to a couple of people that Jimmy Riston doesn't like us very much. So that, yeah. that could make it even worse. Possibly. You know, and, and I will say, and I don't want to harp on the governor much, um, but, you know, there's, so many, there's a number of issues outside of these road projects even that are really impacting counties and residents in our panhandle. I'm going to look directly at the natural gas valuations. Um, yeah. You know, the governor refuses to even engage on that. I don't even think he understands what's going on um, or, or cares enough to understand. I mean, there's been absolutely zero leadership from his office on – you know, the tax division for two years in a row seriously botching, you know, how they do their job in this new formula. And and I keep waiting for him to address it because, you know, when you have a $30 million mistake, you would think there'd be something there to talk about. But, you know, um, uh, and, and again, maybe he's fully in re-election mode or election mode for the U.S. Senate and is not worrying about you know, the piddly problems of West Virginia in the Northern Panhandle in particular, but I find it to be terribly um, unacceptable on his behalf that he hasn't even addressed how, how poorly the tax division has handled the rollout. And, and again, those people uh, are directly, they work directly for him, you know, the tax commissioner, and, and there's been zero accountability. And, and that's my random. The legislature has declined to make any changes to their formula that's already there. Um, but they have no no direction coming, I guess, from the tax department, who has no direction coming from the governor. So um, that that that's that's an issue that's going to be sitting around for. I mean, I think most of the counties around here have just said we're just going to write that money off, uh, which yeah. is which is which is pathetic, you know. Uh, but but I think we'll write it off. But I think you know, don't be surprised if you don't see a a lawsuit filed soon against the state where it. So as part of this, you know, it's been. I think what, what really disappointed me, even even uh, I'm going to say more than the governor, but nearly as much is, you know, in some of our counties where we've had, uh, you know, Marshall County, for example, a five million dollar mistake in tax collections, and yet you know Marshall County's state senator Mike Moroni voted to enshrine the new law, yeah, and you know hasn't said a word publicly about it, and I just don't understand how you don't represent your constituents. And I can't remember if Maroney's district goes all the way down to Tyler or not. Tyler County's got a $15 million. Uh, yeah, that's Charlie Clemens. That's down tr- there okay, all well. right, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, but still, you know, I mean, they're all, you know, all these counties up here are tied together. And I know, you know, Clemens was able to get a, you know, promise for whatever that's worth that they'll go back and address it later, you know, which doesn't hold a lot of water on anything. But at least, you know, at least he stood up and addressed it and, and you know, is trying to work towards solutions so that this doesn't happen again next year. Yep. All right, John, let me take a break. We'll come back at um, the Bridges story. will continue for a while. Uh, hopefully they'll be able to delay that Stone Arch Bridge. 
That seems to be what they're trying to do. I'd love to hear that announcement made at some point in the near future. Uh, Kruger, mm-hmm. Street, Kruger Street Bridge is going to continue on schedule, um, and that's you know it needs to be done. That's that's fine. It, that's a two month project, not a not a whole year long project. So we'll we'll probably continue talking about this as time goes by. Uh, coming up after the break, who would have thought, John? We're talking about two way streets and one way streets again. Yes. <laughs> Down on what do again, huh? <laughs> we'll get into that coming up next on the Watchdog Morning Show. Good Friday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this March the 1st. Police are still hunting a convicted sex offender after he led them on a chase yesterday. 55-year-old Keith Roberts is on the run after evading a traffic stop yesterday morning in Jefferson County. He's wanted for child molestation charges and failure to report. Things escalated when he allegedly rammed a U.S. Marshal's vehicle. Now the local police and sheriff's office are searching for him in Mingo Junction along County Road 74 using both canines and drones. If anyone spots him, they're urged to call 911 immediately and not to approach him. Roberts has been on the run for weeks with Wells Township warning the public about him earlier this month. He is a Tier 3 sex offender. And staying in Jefferson County, Danielle Bentley, a mother from Mingo Junction, has been arrested after her toddler son tragically passed away with drugs in his system. The little one, just two and a half years old, was rushed to Trinity Medical Center on February 18th after a distressed call about a child choking. He tested positive for cocaine at the hospital and later died. Bentley is currently facing a charge of child endangerment with the possibility of more serious charges to come. She's now in Jefferson County Jail, according to Sheriff Fred Abdella Jr. Officials are still waiting on the official autopsy report, and Sheriff Abdella says the prosecutor will charge Bentley accordingly. It's been two weeks since the Cleveland Cliffs dropped the news about their plans to put their Weirton-based tin plate production plant on an indefinite pause. Just this week, the ITC shared a final report explaining why they believe imports aren't hurting the U.S. industry. Cleveland Cliffs and the United Steelworkers Union are not too happy about that. They jointly stated that the ITC seemed to have overlooked the USW's filings and testimonies that could have pointed out unfair trade practices. Stay with 7 News for updates. That was a look at your headlines. Have a fantastic Friday and a wonderful weekend, everyone. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. 11% off everything is happening now at Menards. For 65 years, Menards has been your destination for post-frame buildings. Whether it's protecting your equipment or you just need a place to keep your toys, Menards has what you need. Design your post-frame building in-store or online with our free design program and get 11% 11% off. Good to March 3rd. Savings are mail-in rebate in the form of an in-store merchandise credit check. See store for details. Save big money at Menards. Is your business protected from cyber threats? In today's world, it's more important than ever to have a cybersecurity plan in place. But with so many different solutions out there, it can be hard to know where to start. That's where Omni Strategic Technologies comes in. We're a technology support firm with a strong focus on cybersecurity. We have a team of local experts who can help you assess your risks, develop a plan, and implement the right tools to serve and protect your business. If you want to get serious about cybersecurity, choose Omni Strategic Technologies for the peace of mind knowing that your business is protected and prepared. 
A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be one of the first people in my family to go to college. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I could still hold while I served part-time. That job, along with the benefits I got through the West Virginia Army National Guard, helped me buy my first home. I also know that I'll be one of the first to respond if the Ohio Valley ever needs me during a natural disaster. I'm Sergeant Andrea Gump, and if you'd like to join my team, visit www.nationalguard.com WV for more information, or check out our Instagram or Facebook at WeGuardWestVirginia. Great conversation continues now on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. With Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. all make fun of me i'm out trying <laughs> i'm trying uh you know what this could be the beginning of a whole new a whole new outlook in life for me bob i'll be running with teddy now and soon i'll feel so good i'll start to walk around the block and the next thing you know well i'll have a heart attack probably but if not that i'll be i'll be losing weight i'm hey i'm 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 behind you howard i, th- I think you're gonna do it 941, 19 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, temperature hasn't changed much now, but it's gone up since this morning. 35 at the Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 33 at the Highlands, 30 in Elm Grove, and 32 here at the Watchdog Radio Network Studios. Cloudy today, a high around 56. Maybe a little bit of rain tomorrow, uh, but temperatures in the high 50s, close to 60, and then close to 70 with sunshine on both Sunday and uh, Monday. So it's looking pretty nice. Hey, before we get rolling, can I congratulate John on a great editorial last I, weekend? I meant to. I forgot about that, and I, I wanted you to do that. Yes. Johnny, excellent job. I'm, your editorials are great all the time, but it really hit home for me pointing the finger at those crooked so-and-sos down in Charleston, Kanawha <laughs> County. So thank you, John. <laughs> Well, you're welcome, Bob. <laughs> are you allowed to call? Are you allowed to call him Johnny? Oh, every once in a while. Well, here, no. Here's the reason I asked that because uh, I was told last night that I should. I made a mistake yesterday and called Dave Palmer Davy Palmer. I call him Davy. We grew well, up together. Yeah, you know, and that's. He said, "Look, you're not from Overbrook, Howard. <laughs> you can't call me Davy. And don't forget, do not call Victoria Vicky either. No, that's right. So I just know if you can call John Johnny or not. I'm sorry. Go ahead, John. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, no. Uh, you know. I, I appreciate the thoughts, Bob, and, uh, you know, it really is, you know, again, I, I'm 30 years is a long time to have to have an event at once, but, you know, so uh, if you want to move it, fine, but I just have such a hard time understanding outside of what really is looking like a financial package that Charleston put together to what I'll say is buy the games back. Yep. Um, that that was the deciding factor. You know, I have heard there's been a lot of reporting, at least, that the Morgantown Huntington bid was the presentation was really bad. Um, 
But again, if you're only, you know, if, if you look at what Wheeling is doing and Charleston says, hey, we can do that too, but we also can give you more money to the SSAC, that to me is a bit, you know, that's a disingenuous reason to, to send it back to Charleston. You know, again, uh, it's, there needs to be a public accounting from David Price, in my mind, uh, and board members on the SSAC as to, again, what their public statements are noting was a comparable bid to Wheeling and what we been doing, um, why they moved. It's, it's that simple. I, I, I agree. And and the, the argument that, um, you know, it was a better financial package belies the claim they make that our number one concern is the students. Sure. You, sure. you know, your number one concern is the money about it. And that's that's my problem. All the now, I can be careful. I didn't talk to anybody from Charleston or from the SSAC. I only know what I read in the papers, heard on TV, and so on. Sure. But what I, I, I didn't hear anybody from Charleston talking about – well, let me re- rephrase that. Everybody in Charleston, including Amy Goodwin, whom I really d- dearly love, uh, they all went right to the money. Oh, this would be a great financial boon for the city. Well, that's fine, but that's not the point of the Super 6. It's to be yeah. good for the, for the student-athletes. So, I, anyways, I we rehashed this last week, but I'm yeah. with Bob. I thought your editorial was good. And everybody I've talked to has said the same thing. We, we expected and certainly were willing to accept the fact that somebody else was going to get the Super 6 this time. But Charleston? Charleston? This doesn't make sense. John, let's talk about, um, as you said, everything old is new again. Once upon a time, a number of years ago, uh, had a big debate going on here in the city of Wheeling before the streetscape, streetscape got started about whether or not we're going to make uh, Main and Market Street one way or two way. The great two way debate. Mayor Elliott said when he was first elected to office, who would have he never would have thought that an argument over two way streets would define his, his his term in office. They even named their radio show after that because of the two-way debate. But that was all resolved and over and done with. But now we're having a debate over one-way or two-way streets down on Water Street. Yeah, yeah. And, and just to touch back real quick, because it does seem to be the theme of, of today a little bit uh, with, with our earlier discussion on the bridge. You know, what was it that more than anything from minute one put a fork in the mayor and the vice mayor's idea of two-way, you know, going to two-way streets in downtown was the fact that they didn't talk to the folks in the business community. They didn't talk to West Banco. They didn't, you know, they didn't engage with the stakeholders downtown who are employing people investing in the community. So they came out behind the eight ball because they just didn't do their due diligence. So that's See, I, I, I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say what what you know put the fork in this in that plan was the the trenchant reporting of the intelligencer and the outrage as shown by a very popular local radio show. I thought that's what what drove the. Well, <laughs> all we did though, both of us, was respond to the community's reactions. Yep. You know, that is what what our you know our reporting, your reporting, and your show was based on what we were hearing from the community, which was, you know, don't do this it. Is a good idea or a bad idea, you know, let us you know. Get get buy-in from the stakeholders, and you know, don't just come out and say we're well, you know this is one of our priorities. Because you remember that sucked up what a year and a half. Oh, of, yeah, a good year, a good year of debate, a good year of time, and that was the define. Again, the mayor's not wrong. It is it it is one of the defining moments of his eight years in yeah. office. Yeah. Uh, but so, it, but so now we're back to one way or two way down on Water Street. A request yeah. from Dan Millison at Waterfront Hall. Yeah, I you know I I don't I'm not quite sure what to think of this because again we are in an area that has become so entrenched with 
you know, that area, you know, with Water Street being both ways of being able to park on both sides of the street, you know, but Water Street has now changed. It's, you know, it, it obviously changed when the port, you know, which has been there for 20 years, um, you know, that that's bringing people down and it's a different feel. And, you know, now you have, uh, you know, new businesses popping up. You've got, you know, the wood-fired pizza company, Avenue Eats, uh, both at Millicent's building there at Waterfront Hall. Um, I think this is an interesting one to think about. What I would caution is not to do it before the downtown streetscape project yeah. is done. You know, I think they've got to be smart there. But, you know, uh, this is this is something that maybe, you know, not only given the businesses there, but given the activity at the port, uh, you know, might make some sense longer term. It just it just might be a worthwhile thing to think about. You know, I mean, ideally, what would be nice would be that Water Street would be would be pedestrian only. Yeah. You know, I, I know that's not feasible and practical because of, of, you know, you've got a bank there and the drive through comes out. But, you know, um, so maybe, you know, I think this is this is one that's worth talking about. And again, this wasn't something that, you know, is, this is a private business owner who has made a big investment uh on Water Street, you know, asking the city to, hey, let's let's talk about this. And that's that's I, I like the idea of it. And we'll see what, you know, the traffic commission and the planning commission and any other group that might have a you know, might have a say in this. What, you know, kind of what comes out. I don't think the planning commission would have a say in it, probably. But uh, no, um, traffic commission. I think it's, it's worth considering. I, I, I see some value. I, first place, I would concur. Let's let's talk about it, plan for it right now, but let's not do anything until the streetscape is done, um, at least on Main Street. But um, to me, it makes some sense to have it one way, kind of more of a circular a pattern there. Um, it is tough sometimes. Uh, you drive down there, you got cars on one side, occasionally trucks kind of on the other side, and you're trying to get through and somebody's coming the other way. It can be a difficult way. I think that they should consider... I mean, Waterfront Hall is such a huge addition. I mean, positive addition to that area. Uh, let's. What can be done to make that better? What can make the traffic flow better? What can make the parking better? Which is also something Millicent was talking about. How can they, how yeah. can we do better parking there? And I I, I would agree. So I think those are. Um, I think it is it is worthwhile. Uh, John, I wanted to talk about the Gateway Center survey that was done, but I don't have time, and I'm going to try and get. Uh, uh, um, the guy from Tipping Point, uh, Jim Ambrose, yep. to come on with us on Monday maybe and talk about that anyways. Let's just take a real quick second to uh, congratulate uh, Frank O'Brien. Where do you go, Frank? Who got a uh, uh, an award this week. Yeah, he was a tourist uh, executive of the year, something along that line. Right. Uh, and, you know, and, but Frank, Frank is a hard worker. And, you know, it, it's hard to think, uh, you know, when Frank was at WTRF for all those years, and I remember when they first hired him to run the CVB, and I thought, well, that's an you know that's kind of an odd, odd you know, move from one to the other. But Frank has really, really made it work, and you know very quietly. You know he's uh, you know he's not a guy who gets too far out in front. But if you look at at all the things that he's spearheaded through the CBB with the capital and um, you know what's their most recent project? Oh, now, now the gateway, the gateway, gateway center, uh, yeah. Again, etc. You know, some really impactful projects. I mean, you know, uh, think back to you know, 10, 12 years ago. You know, the big public debate on what's the future of the Capitol Music Hall. You know, the CVB used its own personal funding and got a loan, and you know, and has returned it to a you know, incredible community asset. So, um, 
Yeah, well deserving for Frank. He's 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 just a, anyone who gets to know Frank. He's just a super nice guy and works hard and uh, and again just couldn't be more happy for him. And I I'm I'm with you. And I think Frank would would understand when I say this. You know, back in the day when Frank O'Brien and I used to uh, well, how do I say this? You know, run around town a good bit. You know, drink a uh, beer together. You understand what I'm saying? Um, if I would have, I never would have thought at that point that Frank would be one of the key movers and shakers here in town. But he really has done a tremendously good job, and he deserves all the awards that he can get. And, uh, I mean, he's been very creative, and he's worked well with his boards, which is really important, and he's helped the community uh, get a number of positive things. The Capitol Theater, far and away the best example. Uh, and now we'll see what happens with this uh, Wheeling Inn slash Gateway Center project. So uh, good, good for him. Um, all right, uh, John, good talking to you, my friend. We'll talk to you sometime. No, you're not here with us next week, so. Not here all right, I'll talk to you at some point. We'll see what's going on. All right, All right talk to you later. John McCabe, newspaper editor extraordinaire, here with us this morning on the Watchdog Morning Show. It is 8 before the hour. There was that forum at the Capitol this week revealing the results of this survey on the what they call the Gateway Center, the heritage area, right where Wheeling Inn is. When that comes down, what should go up? Lots of interesting stuff came out of that. I was going to talk about it with John. Didn't have time. I'm going to try and get Jim Ambrose from Tipping Point to come on Monday. I haven't asked him, so if he's not here, don't blame him. I haven't asked him yet, but see if he could talk about those results uh, next week. Let's talk with um, Bob Westfall from the Big Seven over WTRF-TV. Good morning, Bob. Morning, Howard. How's everything in your world? Friday, you know what that means? It won't be long before I can have lunch. Oh, except I got to have – my wife sent me a text this morning. She said, I'm busy. You figure out your own lunch today. You're on your own, Howard. Jeez, you know, that was kind of a cruel thing to say. Here, oh, I got... <laughs> please. Come on, you've got like a list. Well, I do. Let's, uh, a, the, the, B, no... C. <laughs> well, I don't want to eat there. We'll go here. You've got to like, yeah. like. Okay. All right. You're, you know, I, I, can't, I can't argue with that. You're, you're absolutely right. So, uh, Bob, anyways. Bob and I Bob and I talk off the phone, and, and i got all kinds of things on you now. Yeah, make oh. no mistake. He's not warming anything up for lunch. He's probably stopping <laughs> yeah. somewhere. Yeah, well, I will not Bob. be having the uh, chipped ham sandwiches. I think I've got some chipped ham at home. No, I'm not going to be doing that. Oh. So, Anyway, so, and it's almost... That's uh, almost quit- world with, with Isley's. Yeah, Isley's well. chipped ham. That is no. the that is the only chip tam to have. Let's be careful about that for sure. Yeah. What are you working on today? All right. Just to update the search in Jefferson County uh, for Keith Roberts. Just talked to uh, Wells Township Chief uh, Sean Norman on this, and nothing overnight. So the search continues for this man. Um, so apparently he is a uh, 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 sex offender, uh, convicted uh, sex offender, uh, did not register. Uh, we actually did a story with uh, Chief Norm about two weeks ago. They were looking for him. Well, chase yesterday, uh, Roberts apparently rammed the U.S. Marshal's vehicle during the chase. Oh, jeez. Uh, this is the area out behind Bingo. Uh, people up there would know it is Ghouls Run Road and Ghouls. Um, so uh, they are still out that way. I know at one point they actually stopped a uh, train uh, from going through that area just to make sure he did not jump it. Jump it. So uh, search continues up that way. So uh, uh, pictures on our website. Uh, anybody up that way may take a look at our app and get an idea who this gentleman is. Um, and police are looking for it all the way up to the United States Marshals. Uh, so we've got that today. Uh, Youngstown State President Bill Johnson. That seems odd to say. That's in that, that way. strange way to uh, phrase. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
Um, he was my congressman for years. Uh, we are uh, calling uh, Roos. We'll have a sit-down with him uh, or, or later this morning, and we'll talk about how things are going at uh, Youngstown State, how the transition from uh, basically from one public service to another public service has been working for uh, a former congressman. So we'll have that story today. Uh, Strand Theater, I like this story. Uh, Governor Justice was in town a couple weeks ago passing out grants. One of them was to the Strand Theater uh, for a couple different things. But I want to go down. We're going to go down and take a look at, uh, uh, you were just talking about the Capitol Theater uh, renovations and things like that. Uh, here's another theater that was on its way out. People stepped in and have been working to save that for a while. Yep. Uh, so we're going to see where they're at and how things are going on that. So we've got that today. And then uh, we got uh, we got some people down in Marshall County kissing a pig. All right. And I, I didn't know if this was public consumption yet or not, but Adam Fike posted on his Facebook page. Um, you, you're losing a member of the team this morning, right? Uh, Rebecca's last day, yes. She oh, is, that's a she bummer. She is moving on. So. Yeah, uh, she is moving on. So uh, yeah, uh, today, uh, this morning, was her last newscast. Um, so, yep, we are losing uh, uh, one of our one of our best. And uh, she'll be moving on, and I assume that means there'll be a new a new team together sometime in the near future for the mornings, huh? Uh, yeah, it just a few dominoes got to fall in place. And I got then, you. Uh, we'll be unveiling it. Uh, um, I think Brent is hoping for the May sweeps, but we shall see. That's why I said in the near future. I, you know, I know things don't happen future, overnight. Yep. But uh, anyway, yep. so good luck to Rebecca and whatever it is that she's going to be doing. It's been good to work with her on the occasions that we've had the opportunity to do so. Um, she and Taylor have a nice uh, work together there in the morning. And so I, I, I knew this was coming. I'd heard that from some of your folks at this TV station, but didn't know it was public. So I, But I see that Adam now posted that this morning. Sad morning for one of the TV7 News uh, team. Today is Rebecca's last day. So we wish yep. her well, wherever it is that she may go. Right. Yep. We're going to miss her. Check things out today at noon, 5, 6, 10, 11, 5, 30, the region-wide show, always at WTRF.com. And, of course, carry Channel 7 in your pocket with the news app and the uh, Storm Tracker 7 app, and that way you will always be in the know. Hey, uh, Bob, have yourself a great weekend. We will talk to you again on Monday. All right, guys. Have a good weekend. See you, Bob. Thanks a lot. Uh, Bob Slider. Um, I, I, this is from a text. Howard, you should mention congratulations to Bear. Uh, on the good old boys on sports show, he won a state basketball championship. He did. Uh, Bear is a coach of the Spe- Special Olympics, Howard, and they, they won the state. Uh, big, big win for Bear. Congratulations. Good, oh, good on you. And uh, our listeners are aware of that kind of stuff, and so they said, Howard, don't forget to mention it. And I would have forgotten if somebody hadn't told me. So. Sounds like a listener to good old boys on sports, Absolutely. Howard. Chalk up another one. There you go. We, we win them one by one, Bob. That's the, way, that's the way we win our battles, one by one. All right, that is it. It's been a really interesting week, a fun week for me. I hope it's been a fun week for you. I think Bob and I have had a good time here in the studio. Hope you've had a good time listening to what we're doing here uh, and learned some stuff and gotten outraged by a few things and That's what it's all about. It's what it's all about. And, Howard, take it easy this weekend. Don't run too much. Well, Teddy's out of town, so I, I may I may not. Uh, Let me come over and run with you, Howard? Maybe, uh, maybe I'll take a, a leisurely walk, about five steps down the street. <laughs> i got to say sayonara, see you, bye-bye, farewell. i got to go. i got to get out of here. Kerchival's got the calm. That's coming up next. Have yourself a super great weekend, and Slider and I will return on Monday morning with another installment of this great big gig. Have yourself a great weekend. I'm not the one who's always right.